0: 3CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan, hosted by me, Sally Goldner, first broadcasting noon till one every Sunday afternoon, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. And 3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and we pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging. And to any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander peoples listening from wherever you are. And if you want to get in touch with the show, lots of ways to do it. Um, out of the pan 855 at gmail.com. And we've clicked on that. Check. Twitter is open. Um, um, tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. You can SMS six one four five six seven five one two one five. Or look for the posts on Facebook, my page Sally Goldner and Out of the Pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. Opened up today with the angels, face the day, that was me at about 8 o'clock this morning, a bit foggy, if anyone's a bit foggy out there we hope it's clearing, I've got coffee, it's all good now and that means I'm ready and rocking to talk to our guest because community media is a vital part of visibility, we still need it for all of, we'll say the rainbow and parts of the intersections thereupon and got to say that um, there was a small example, but a powerful one of visibility at Pride March three weeks ago. I was marching with the by group, the ace group in front of me, and a person in ace colours on the sidelines. Well, I think the saying when I was a little child was going apeshit, jumping up and down, seeing the ace group in front of us come by. So we need visibility and connection. Media is a part of it, and one part of community media that does that is Archer magazine. And it's therefore my pleasure to welcome into the studio on behalf of Archer Magazine, um, Ross. welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Sally.
0: And if it's okay to ask, and if you use them, can I check in with, with which pronouns you use, if any?
1: Yes, absolutely. I use they, them pronouns. Cool. Um, I love a radio show that checks in about pronouns.
0: That's what we try to do here on Out of the Pan and other Shows on 3CR, been queering the air at 3 um, this afternoon and in your face at 4 on Friday. So let's just put, let's just sort of build the foundation here. Um, having a look at Archer Magazine at its website, archermagazine.com.au. How long has Archer been going now? I know it's been a while, but um, are we able to pinpoint
1: it? Yeah, so the first issue came out in print in November 2013. Aha. So it's been around a decent amount of time now pretty well established. It's being sold overseas as well. Ah. Um, Amy Middleton, the founder, has gone over for events in the US and the UK, particularly um, where there's definitely interest in Archer. It's doing something that's pretty unique, especially in Australia, but around the world as well.
0: Okay. Now that says something immediately that there isn't a magazine style format for, um, I'll use the shorthand, Queer Issues issues and All Intersections, um, no, no anywhere else in Australia, but not too much anywhere on the planet either
1: yeah, so I mean, of course, in um, other countries with larger populations um, there 's more diversity in the media, yeah, um, so there are more options than we have here, um, but even so i mean i 've looked at other publications, and i don 't see any that are doing what we 're doing at Archer, which is really incredibly inclusive work Mm. Um, and just making sure that there's a space for all members of the community um, and all intersections to be covered and to be able to tell their stories.
0: Absolutely, which we need. I mean, you know, um, as a rough, very rough approximate guideline, I think there's people around Australia now have now pretty fair knowledge of gay and lesbian. They perhaps know what bi is, can define Mm -hmm. it reasonably well, but don't understand all the implications. And it sort of starts decreasing as we go through trans, particularly, I think, sadly, non-binary and intersex. So many times in education sessions, we get people saying to myself and colleagues when we do that, what is that? Never heard the word. Mm. And we've still got a long way to go, of course, for asexual, aromantic and many others. So we certainly need in terms of those, we'll say, basic blocks of rainbow to do that. Yeah. But then, of course, disabilities, First Nations, which we want to want to have a chat about, for sure, mm-hmm. um, you know, but um, all, the, all the aspects, um, sex work, sex positivity, the whole caboodle needs that visibility and coverage where someone you know could learn more about it. So tell us about some of the additions or the themes of additions that Arch has had over time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the current issue that's out is um, our First Nations issue. Yeah. Um, first time we've done that. yeah, here, here, here. It's beautiful. Very exciting. Um, Check it out online on all our social media and our website as well. The cover is just incredible. Um, The contributors as well. Um, So the team that worked on putting it together um, across the country, making sure that different voices are covered as well. Mm. Um, And it's really just a beautiful piece of work. It's something that I feel like every Australian should read. Um, And having that kind of combination of First Nations voices, but also around sex sexuality and gender which is what the magazine is about um is something really truly unique um because other literary journals have had first nations issues um and they're wonderful but i think this is really truly that i hate to say the word niche but uh really looking at sexual and gender diversity through that lens of race and culture of the first nations people yeah
0: look um I think that there's a few things in that obviously first of all um i i do well, i mean the last last thing i claim to be because i'm not a, i'm not aboriginal but obviously someone's experience in say remote western australia is going to be different to inner sydney or something like that mm. and you know every part of a person forms who they are and i mean you know sort of it can i suppose it would affect relationship sex intimacy those sorts of things so um Throw a few things at us from that latest edition. What sort of stories are in there? Who talks about what sort of things?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we've got stories about, um, obviously, about relationships, about parenting, um, about gender expression as well. Um, I might later bring up um, just a little, uh, not an excerpt, but just to give you a couple of um, specific names and stories, just to give you more of an idea of what's in there. Um, But, yeah, it's um, one thing that we recently uh, started to do is make issues available online. Uh Um, So until recently we had the online archer um, where we've got online content uh, that I am one of the editors working with, um, the authors on. And then we have the print issues and they've been – mostly separate um and so having them available has um also kind of increased accessibility for um, people who want to read it who can't possibly buy the issue physically in location or don't want to order a a print issue um and so uh, there are ways to check it out as well in the online space yep um at
0: um au. That's
1: right. And and sorry, you also asked a question before about other issues um, yeah. that you had recently. So one that um, really sticks with me is the history issue. Um, and I happen to know a lot of queer, trans and gender diverse librarians, <laughs> as you do, mm. and they love that issue. And I love um, hearing them talk about that issue and what it meant to them. So, um, you know, queering up the archives, queering up the history books. Yeah, and it's it's been a beautiful thing to see because um, I mean each issue of the magazine offers something different and has a slightly different theme and take. But seeing that one particularly really brought alive the you know people who work in mag- in uh, museums, in galleries, in libraries, um, and really sort of um, seemed to kind of kickstart this um, sense of like a bit of a radical um, shift in thinking around how we treat collections which have in the past just been something that, are, you know, are so heteronormative and so white. Mm. And so I think um, Archer offers something like a fairly radical um, that gives people a way into um, getting, kind of regaining a sense of power and, um, yeah, that, uh, maybe that confidence to kind of go in and, and take back an area.
0: Yeah, and it's something that if someone is, you know, having, we'll say, hesitation or anxiety about coming out and they don't know where to start, you can go into a library and, grab a reading room or something and um, sort of look after, um, you know, do it reasonably privately and perhaps build a a bit of a confidence boost up, which is a really good thing. So, yeah, Mm. so our history hasn't, you know, been documented well enough for really any of our rainbow communities. And, of course, then again, we sadly go through that, um, you know, listing that I mentioned. But also I can imagine linking the two issues, I imagine our, um, intersection of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander and Rainbow histories probably even been less documented.
1: Mm, absolutely, yeah, and even um, I, yeah, I think it's interesting that you speak about how. Um about the acronym, the LGBTIQA+. Yeah. And one question that I find myself being asked more than any other is can you go through each letter and explain what they are, which I'm happy to do. Um, sometimes, I, uh, you know, I'm worried, oh, gosh, if I'm not part of that particular letter, I hope I'm not screwing up the way that I'm talking mm-hmm. about it. But I feel like it's something that a lot of people are very nervous about. They think that, you know, with current cancel culture or, you know, that, that um, sense of I'm going to get things wrong and I'm going to be told off – Um, that they can't talk about these issues if they don't identify as part of the community Mm -hmm. um, or that they can't ask questions about it. And I don't know about you, Sally, I'm guessing you're probably someone that's easy to ask questions of (laughs) in a way, but I'm I'm always happy to answer questions for people or, you know, if needed, kind of gently correct Mm -hmm. misapprehensions or confusions that they have. Um, and yeah, I just, I find it, I find Archer a place where you can find those answers. So I wish more people who perhaps are cisgender and possibly um, heterosexual would read it. Yeah. Because a lot of our readership are queer, obviously. But I think it's, there's so much in there that's so rich and um, would actually really help people understand.
0: Yeah, a lot of in there in what you say. And I mean, yeah, you know, the thing is, it's. Yeah, you know, welcome to being human. We don't know everything. Yeah. <laughs> and the only way you can find out is to learn, to research, to read Archer magazine, to read um, things on the net. And, you know, obviously there's some judgment calls to whether it's authoritative. I mean, I don't think I'd go near the ACL site for anything to plus. <laughs> um But if it was, you know, a site, for example, um, like... Um, well, you now I'm trying to stay away from organisations I'm involved yeah. in, but you know, if it's something, you know, if it's something like Y Gender for young trans people or minus eighteen or Alice's garage, you know, done mm. by people with knowledge and experience and lived expertise most importantly, then you're gonna go, Yeah, that's the thing. And if anyone ever says to me, Look, I don't understand but I wanna learn more I'll just, you know, give them a metaphorical consensual embrace because <laughs> that's all we've ever asked. Yeah. Know. So I'm with you on that. The other part of it is it's an interesting line now as holding the detail of our communities. I mean, if someone asks me about the basics of bi and trans, then I feel I can talk. But if someone says, well, what's it like being a a sister girl, for example, obviously I can't do that. I can only Mm. then switch to ally mode and say, from what I've been able to hear, these are some critical issues. Mm -hmm. And I think we all have to do that because none of us fits every intersection of everything.
1: And there's so much available online now that I feel like there's, yeah. not, there's not really an excuse anymore to – and I don't, I don't say that judgmentally, um, but I feel, you know, there, there are still people who jump into the, the comments boxes on articles and, um, you know, give their two cents without possibly understanding all the complexities that there yeah. are. And there's so much – you know, a quick Google – will bring up so many um, different resources. There are so many community organisations now. There is, you know, some funding available that um, means that some of these organisations are constantly updating resources. And it's, yeah, it's all out there. It just, people need to be connected with it. Connection
0: is the key. Mm. We'll we'll come back and talk a little about that more in a second. But um, in the meantime, let's have a little track from... Keith Richards, and I don't know if Archer yeah. might have covered something in this song, but we'll find out um, quickly enough. 3CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3CR.org to go 3CR on demand, out of the pan with Sally and Roz Bellamy. Transitions Film Festival returns to Cinema Nova this February with a selection of cutting-edge documentaries about what it means to be human. Featuring local and international documentaries, the festival covers social and technological innovations, big ideas and
2: changemakers leading the way to a better world. Themes include art, activism, climate change, resilience, artificial intelligence and the future of our planet.
0: Transitions Film Festival February 20 to March 6 at Cinemanova
2: and venues across Melbourne. Head to transitionsfilmfestival.com for details. A 3CR supporter. Hello,
3: I'm Rory Macleod. I live in Scotland and I love radio. I can do the washing up, I could be in the garden, I could be in the car driving. Well, I'm listening to 3CR Radical Radio, it's a Subscription Radio, Community Radio on 855 55 AM. We do stream at 3CR.org.au. So you can become a member and donate money.
0: which begs the question, does a Scottish cross-dresser wear trousers? We'll sort that out and other things on Out of the Pan, covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender, and once again having a chat about um, Archer magazine um, with my guest today, Roz. And um, prior to the messages, we heard from Keith Richards from his live album, um, which he um, released immediately after doing his first solo album in the late 80s. Only Keith could do that. And whip it up, which leads to the question, has there been the kink um, edition of Archer Magazine, Ross?
1: No, actually, that's a great point. Mm. No, we have um, we have play. <laughs> Does that go close enough? <laughs> that's close enough, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so we'll go with that. So there's been lots of great editions of Archer Magazine and, mm. well, as we discussed, we need to cover every intersectionality. But there is a reason for having you on in on this particular day. Um, that um, Archer needs everyone's support at the moment.
1: Yes. Um, What's going on there? So we unfortunately missed out on funding at the end of last year, Mm. we found out, yes. Um, And so... Like most literary organisations, we're very dependent on our wonderful <laughs> benefactors in yep. the federal or state governments um, that we apply for creative funding for projects. Um, we're very reliant on this in terms of um, publishing our issues and um, so paying for editorial fees, but also um, there are so many costs obviously involved in putting together and printing a print publication. And Archer, for anyone who's read it, is very gorgeous. It's um, it's, a, it's a beautiful um, sort of artifact to hold in your hand as well. So mm. an expensive artifact to put together, that is. Yep. Um, so we missed out on this funding that's very crucial for keeping things going. Um, and it's something that amy as the the mm. editor and the founder of the magazine and us as the editorial team um we're all volunteers we're all very passionate about Archer um, and really want to see it keep going but at a time like this where we've missed out um it's something where we're having to come to the community for funding uh, and it's something that's i mean it's a hard thing to do it's a community that's not not mm. that well-funded anyway there most are cases yeah yeah there's a mm. lot of well, most cases you're right <laughs> there's mm. probably a few things we could talk about that happened with uh, this week in terms of um thinking about just the ANZ campaign and yeah mm. sorry that's a that's a side note um but in general it's a community where you know people have to really reach into their own pockets they don't necessarily have a lot sitting around um but we everyone cares about this magazine the people yep. who have read it people who have been published in it or whose um, family and loved ones have been published in it um and it's something it's doing really crucial work as well I mentioned that it gives people voices who may not normally find them, but it's also um, it's people who are who tend to be the most vulnerable in our communities. Mm. So one group that we didn't really mention are sex workers. Uh, Yeah. And Archer magazine tends to um, give space to sex worker voices um, in a way that I'm not seeing happen in other publications. Um, obviously, in the US, with their very backward laws mm. around sex work, um, you can imagine they're they're even you know further steps back. So here, it's really wonderful that we we do give this voice, but it's one that um, a lot of the people that we publish who are sex workers are not finding other places to publish other mm. than those who you know happen to um, sell a book to a to a mainstream publisher, and that's very few and far between. Obviously, that's the the once-in-a-lifetime kind of (laughs) opportunity. But for most sex workers who want to tell their stories, and, I mean, we receive pictures from sex workers quite often, and some of the things that I'm seeing in their pictures are things that, you know, haven't occurred to me, are things that people should know about that are parts of the work that either make it, you know, in some cases unsafe or in some cases um, very frustrating, you know, aspects that, that they deal with, And so, yeah, it's one other part of Archer that really is so important that I would hate to see disappear. Absolutely.
0: Um, You know, lots, again, lots to think about in there, um, including I'll link it into a message from one of our um, frequent listeners, Kayleen. um, The purpose of existing is not to learn everything, but to perfect our ability to learn. And that's a quote from Kayleen. Um, in her words, after a few too many late-night coffees and a few others. (laughs) And, um, um, you know, that it shouldn't be original thought. So Mm. that's a really important thing we've got. We need that ability to learn. And I I have to say, when you mentioned the libraries in the first segment, when I was trying to find information about trans way back in 1995, I tried libraries and there was nothing. So Mm. we need as many libraries as possible to get that in there. Totally on the sex work issue. I mean so few outlets that are supportive of, you know, those that lived expertise and how valuable it is and how valuable the skills of sex workers are. And also got to give a big plug to Amy Middleton, Mm. who founded the magazine, a former three CR presenter but and a great person also has one of the best Twitter handles at (laughs) Moodleton. I could say that all day. Yeah. So we really need people's support of this. And the thing is, where it's underway, you've got a possible running, um, which I'll put a link to under the Facebook post on my page and in the tweet oh, this morning. Thank you. Wonderful. But um, I think I imagine if you put possible and Archer Magazine, you should be able to find it if you aren't um, near my Facebook
1: page. That's right. I think it's Possible.com com, and then it's forward slash profile forward slash Archer Magazine. That's the one. So yeah, and well, you've you've caught me at a good time
0: because I got paid on Friday, so ah. there's money in the bank account. <laughs> And I won't max out the credit card or anything, so I will definitely be on to that this afternoon because you've done amazing work and I've got a little story to share with you that Mm. I'll say a person who works with a service provider I visit regularly to keep things de-identified came up to me while I was waiting for my appointment at this service provider a few months ago and said, I found one of the earlier archers and read an article on bisexuality that I happened to write and they said, gosh, it made it so clear that now I was able to fully accept myself. So uh, there's the little things that are big things sort of thing as to why we need Archer. That in-depth stuff is so important for everyone. So That's it really, amazing. There's probably, I need to check it
1: out now. Yeah. I'm sure I read it way back. Way back. <laughs> it was
0: 2013 or 14-ish. Yeah. And I also want to say, you know, just um, from personal experience, for that particular edition, um, after you know, getting paid, uh, you know, which is very, very, often rare for people who contribute to queer publications, mm. um, the magazine made a bit more sur- surplus than predicted and we got a bit more. Now, that's a double rarity, which shows yeah. the standard of governance and ethics behind Mar- Archer magazine as well as its great quality and content. Mm. And so I think you know, we need every bit of community media we can get. We need... TV on 3144 we need 3CR we need Archer magazine so yeah if people can find a little bit of money that would be great and I've got to say what just looking through some of the pledges Mm -hmm. you can get rewards but someone has said I don't need a thing donating to inclusive media is all the reward I need so I I think I think there's a lot of support out there for you so we just want to make sure the word is out word is out there so that it can keep happening. And, you know, you can do more editions of Archer magazine because, as you said, um, sex work is a topic almost in itself that could take up a whole issue. And, of course, there's um, moves announced late last year to decriminalise here in Victoria, which is really important. Mm. Um, What other topics, you know, we'll be optimistic when Archer keeps going (laughs) and rolls along. What other things, themes would you like, perhaps like to explore that maybe haven't been what done What would yet? I like
1: to see? Oh, I'll go one, for it. One Subjectively,
0: I... <laughs> objectively, whatever.
1: <laughs> I'll be very biased here. Um, as a teacher, I'd love to see an education issue. Um, ah. It. I know it, when I once mentioned it, I know it's something that has come up before. Um, and it's that interesting area, that very complex area that we in a queer community are so aware of, of how do we connect with young people in a way that isn't going to lead back to our community being told off for, you know, mm. the children are innocent. Don't bring them into this. <laughs> and it's a, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a complex area, but I think we've got a lot of young people who are reaching out and pitching to us at Archer. Um, and I know quite a few who would love to write for Archer as well. And so, you know, a special issue with younger voices, I think would be brilliant. Um and oh goodness, you've asked a great one. I mean, there are so many areas. Mm. On um, Tuesday breakfast, um, Madison Griffiths actually made the made it, was joking about an animal issue, <laughs> 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 like I mean, animal rights and queerness. There's a lot of um, yeah. there's a lot of people doing research in that in a scholarly space now. Yes. So,
0: um, yet so. another three CR alumni. Jess Eisen um, is very mm. much in that space um, oh, and yes. doing great work um, on all fronts and. Um, Also, um, yeah, there's – but also animal rights for pet lovers like me. I think it was International Pet Pet Day during the week. So how can we do that? You know, what I think – there's been little bits of research. I know someone interviewed me a while back on Queers and Pets and, you know, um, I would – they've been a huge support to me over the years – particularly my executive assistant, Mr. Misty Moo, who's probably asleep at home at the moment and not listening. <laughs> uh, damn, the listener stats aren't going up today. But, um, and a big hi, of course, to Zara and Mishka. Um, I'm doing Cheerios because I can. But, you yeah. know, animals are there. I think if I can throw one into the, the rainbow blender. Mm, please. Um, queers and neuroprocessing. You know, this, the issues of autism for me as a highly sensitive person, sensory deprivation, this just seems to be something that's really been, had a lid on it for a long time and is now really more than bubbling to the surface. Neuroprocessing mm. is hugely important to lots of people and we can't ignore it. Um, you know, sort of, it's, you know, it's, it's good to see more conferences, having a quiet room for people, for example, oh, a chill-out space. Absolutely. So, which is...
1: Really, really important. I write that on every form. <laughs> yes, um,
0: because it is, and you know, um, office 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 space is needed. I mean, um, yeah, I probably could spend three shows covering why we should throw out open plan offices. Oh, yeah, um, but as an introvert, for me, they're a nightmare. But um, you know, with constant interruptions. But I think you know we need to be aware of you know introvert, ambivert, extrovert, and, you know highly sensitive, the whole mm. caboodle of neuroprocessing. But not only to minimise negatives, but take advantage of it and use it for good and not evil purposes. Robin. Absolutely. <laughs> so there's well, one anyway.
1: One thing, yeah, I'm glad you raised that. One thing I've been really proud of in my time as an online editor um, has been working with quite a few writers um, who are neurodiverse and yep. um, and. So, actually, we published a piece this this week by Alex Kreese, who wrote um, who writes a lot of poetry. Who wrote this wonderful piece about the show special on Netflix, um, and I love this piece because it's sort of um, it's very blunt about like what what. Especially people with disabilities or neurodiverse people mm. have come to expect from representation, which is terrible, mm. um, but then kind of showing what was you know what 's been done differently with this show and also why representative media is so important um, but also we've had a few other recent pieces um, by authors even in the last couple of weeks, which I recommend for people listening to check out um, on Archer online, so we have um, quite a few about what it's like to try to access spaces as a quiet queer person mm. um, and about uh, how it's hard to have pride if you can't access it. So, yeah, definitely go and check out um, the pieces about neurodiversity. But I will pass that thought on about a special issue because Lucy Watson's just taken over as editor-in-chief. Uh-huh. Um, and so I'm I'm very excited to see what Lucy's going to do as someone who worked with Lucy a lot over the last year or two. Um, I, I can imagine that we're going to see some pretty exciting things happening.
0: Yep. Oh, uh, it's a great it's a great team there. I'm just looking through here. Amy, Lucy, um, Alexi, um, um, Desilinary Lee, mm. um, yourself. Alexis
1: is an incredible.
0: Um, Phoebe honesty. Patterson to hear. Um, Greta Parry, huge crew, um, and on it goes. Um, and Danny Lever in there as well, who um, does lots of people doing awesome work. So. We want to keep you involved doing that work. And I know mm-hmm. you're someone who loves mm-hmm. writing and art. So to be able I to do. do online editing, um, yeah, it must be um, a huge thing for you.
1: It is. It is really a dream. So I would hate that to go. Well, yeah, <laughs> It's well, my little bias two cents there. Keep us going.
0: <laughs> That's subjective and objective together. Yes. Yes. Uh, in, my be- in my best journalist voice. Or well, something like that. <laughs> Seriously, please support Archer. Um, you know, there, it is. there is a, a target on the possible and it's getting there, but we need to get it all the way there. You know, all our media is important. And, you know, for me, I just think that, um, hey, maybe there's ways we could explore more collaborations between 3CR mm. and Archer. There is a possibility. We'll have another coffee and sort it through. <laughs> Yeah, one th- Or a tea because we're beverage diverse.
1: <laughs> one thing I have loved seeing is even in this kind of difficult, stressful time to do with funding is seeing the exciting things that are coming out of it. So people like yourself and, and plenty of other people in the community who are having these quite interesting creative ideas come out of what is a stressful situation. And I do love that about the community. We're very resourceful.
0: We are a very resourceful and resilient community. And, I mean, it's sad that sometimes it seems like all we ever do is fight um, in difficult mm. circumstances, whether it's, say, funding shortages or um, don't mention the so-called religious discrimination bill I did <laughs> once, but I think I got away with it. We always seem to have to fight these things. Sometimes the idealist in me wonders what would happen if we weren't having to fight so much. Would we change the whole world? We probably would. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, we can do it and we will. So, yeah, make sure if you've got a, a buckaroo or two to spare um, that you mm-hmm. can go into Archer's um um, possible.com archer profile archer magazine and um, pop something onto the possible make it possible
1: yes thank you
0: now you're going to hang around i am yeah because we've got a couple of important topics to discuss that relate to gender and we thought we'd put some gendered perspectives on them i will give a content warning now they will be possibly difficult topics of domestic violence and um, abuse because they relate to two new situations in the week and if people don't wish to listen because it's too difficult. That's perfectly okay, but also mm. if you can, we do need to discuss these. Let's have a listen in the meantime. I did find one track that was a bit writing-ish from Paul Kelly, of course, ah, A Letter yeah. in the Rain. We'll oh, have a beautiful. listen to that and then come back and have some more discussions. Um, 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand. Uh, Sally Goldner with Out of the Pan and guest Ros Chapman-Bellamy. Good
4: morning, bright and still. Laid a frost across the hill, and the glory of it takes my breath away. The bird song in the trees, floating on the ghost of a breeze, says you're lucky to be a creature alive today. The road you finger dawn is changing color in the east. Like in ancient days, we'll never see again. Once we were together, that I do remember. All the rest is like a letter in the rain. So I go to check my snake, see what not caught on away. I take the path along. snake slithered into sight So we left Eden and headed for the plane Day by day and night by night She didn't leave my side Now she never wants to see my face again Once we spoke in love's low tongue As all the bells at midnight rung All the rest is like a letter in the rain There's a river somewhere up around the bend In a dream, you never know when glory will come again. I remember dark stick and a braid of not brown hair. All the rest is just a letter in the rain.
0: Three CR eight five five am. Three CR digital. Three CR dot org dot au. Three CR on demand. Out of the pan with Sally and guest Roz Chapman Bellamy, and we just heard from Paul Kelly from the live at the off Sydney Opera House album "A Letter in the Rain." So we did find something writing ish. Well done to for the day that um, fitted in. Um, I suppose you can write letters in the rain sitting. Um, by the sun, as people might do this afternoon, mm-hmm. I remember to slip, slop, and slap. We're back up to thirty-one, and the UV's still there. Oh goodness! But um, we want to talk about some things from a gendered lens, and as hinted at at the end of the last segment, challenging things, but um, um, you know, sort of, um, we do need to talk about these. And we've had a um, 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 had a message in just before we dive into that. Um, one of our regular, another of our regular correspondents, Roving Reporter, um, has said a show called Curb Your Enthusiasm just had an episode with Laverne Cox. Um, and, mm. um, um, you know, so it's um, and Roving says it's good television. So check in on that one. But something that's been on the other side of the coin very much this week, two things. And they, we were just ha- you know, having some thoughts about this. The hot, this terrible situation up in Brisbane, um, with the Baxter family, um, and the totally unnecessary loss, in particular, of Hannah, um, um Alia, and Trey, yeah. and, and then sadly, someone else, another woman in Townsville, has also sadly lost her life to domestic violence. And the other situation this, this week that emerged was the situation with St Kevin's College here in Melbourne, and we're just, you know, let's have a look at this from. A lens of gender did you have any broad thoughts about it Ross?
1: Uh, well, I mean definitely about St Kevin's the what happened to Hannah is just I was saying to you earlier so impossible to process it's mm. just horrific um but i'll I'll speak to Saint Kevins because that's slightly easier for me to form yeah. my words around sure um yeah, as a teacher and um i've I've taught on placements and as a as a registered teacher in various settings, including religious schools, um, and I always struggled with um, some of the things that I found in religious schools, and you know I don't want to get stuck into them too much, but as someone who um, I don't know, I, I suppose doing a master's in educate in in teaching. Um, you 're taught everything very I- idealistically um, the for the very best possible practice, and so then going into schools where in the independent sector things aren 't watched and controlled the same way as they are in the, in the public system and that 's not to say the public system's perfect, but mm-hmm. um, there are certain things that would not be allowed in the public system that are in religious schools and i I, I found that extremely challenging to watch. Um, and i 'm not saying I saw anything take place, but I just there were certain things in the way that the the teacher um, and student relationship that when I read these horrific stories about what 's taken place at schools where things have been covered up i 'm not surprised at all. It makes me very sad and very angry but i 'm not surprised
0: yeah look that that has been the culture it 's this sort of and the thoughts that got me in combining these two issues were the sort of um, cover it up pretend it's not happening which we sadly see so much with domestic violence them or including intimate partner violence the majority of which is that element of males who perpetrate onto females because we are in a a heterosexual and patriarchal society um but there's also that yeah it is that denial factor in both cases and a sense Mm. of control and the fact that some good teachers at st kevin's it would appear, you know, very much tried to get it something moving and got mm. silenced, that sort of thing, which is very, very worrying that that sort of aggressive, controlling, toxic masculinity covers it up. And, well, look, um, as someone I, I will use, I have not, I'd make this clear for our listeners, I've not faced physical or sexual abuse, but as someone who I will say who survived, well, an assigned male at birth school... Um, <laughs> You know, I will call it that. Or I, when I, if I'm feel, I will, normally I'd make a humorous remark, or sometimes I'd make a remark about an assumed all boys school. Mm. But I'm not even going to do that one today. Yeah. Um, look, it wasn't pleasant, and there were just little things I remember that not about physical or sexual abuse. I remember one time someone was passing things on to someone else, and it was a map or something. And rather than passing it, the guy tossed it a bit. And some teacher just came over and just started shaking him, which, you know, is physical assault. Mm. And so I'm not, you know, that's only a little one compared to what we've heard about, but it's indicative of that aggressive culture. And there are other things that I won't go into, um, except well, they were covered up and just dismissed in a very patronising way. And this seems to be the other part of it that, there's this attempt to control aggressively and then there's the patronising sort of approach which is another part of toxic masculinity and this was evident in the alleged um, because it's going to come before courts and tribunals, I will say, the alleged perpetrator up in Queensland Mm. which is so typical and, you know, surely we can see those signs coming and that's something we've got to do but so having got a few thoughts, you know, let's say you were... In either situation, you want to talk about the proverbial benevolent dictator or government. What would you like to see happen? What do you think could change some of the things that we 've talked about in this segment?
1: Mm. well that's a tough question for a Sunday noon yeah um,
0: even with caffeine
1: even with caffeine. Ah uh, goodness, well, I think one thing that 's come up this week has been seeing and I hate to mention their names, but Bolt and, you know, some of those Mm. columnists and what the sort of vile commentary that they've been giving. Um, And Bettina Arndt as well. Mm. I don't know how much you've been...
0: I've gritted my teeth, yeah. yeah. (laughs) seeing what
1: she's been saying as well. It's really, truly disgusting. Yeah. And I think you asked about what I would change in politics, but I think it's also the media and about accountability and um, I spend a lot of time on Twitter, um, and I'm, I'm open about my addiction to Twitter. <laughs> and um, there's a, a writer and a, an academic, Joshua Badge, who does a lot, of post, a lot of tweets that I really enjoy and follow. Yes. And one thing that he's spent a lot of time looking at has been the Australian and the coverage of um, trans and gender diverse ah. children. Um, and really putting his own time into what is... Quite a hideous um, yes. uh, issue to look at and really scrutinizing what they've been doing. And um, the reason I mention him, I think, is because one thing he's constantly reminding people who follow him on Twitter to do is to take their complaints further and not to just talk to each other and just share articles or screen caps about how vile some of this commentary is, but to take it further and actually take action. Yeah. Um, so to make complaints um, in the media space about what's happening in some of the newspapers, um, because I think a lot of this is really adding um, a, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's doing something very toxic. Um, it's giving space to ideas that make it, so say in the case of, of Hannah Clark, um, making it into an issue with two sides, mm. um, which is, I mean, it's just hard, it's hard to fathom that people can really think that there's another side to it and you've given you know a content warning but again that idea that's come up a lot by some of these people that women push men too hard as though that substantiates and then you know justifies Mm. some of these these hideous murders and these um these horrible family annihilations and so i think um Currently, the media space is not a safe space. It's not um, a well, you know, an educated enough space. It's not one that's aware enough of the consequences, or if it is aware, it just doesn't care. Yeah, and I think that's really done something to our society that needs to be addressed.
0: I think you've got um, right on the bullseye there. Um, you know, you know, we talk a lot nowadays about freedom. The other side of that coin is responsibility, and I think that responsible media would not publish. Some of those articles, you know, that try to make excuses that you mentioned. And, you know, look, the other one, you know, um, teeth gritting on Bettina Arndt. At least, you know, the fact that the Victorian State Attorney General a few weeks ago said that Bettina Arndt did not deserve the Australia Day honours. Well, to his credit, um, an opposition, state opposition politician from the Liberal Party, Tim Smith, has said the same thing. And so the fact Mm. that there's that sort of bipartisan or cross-partisan approach does give a little ray of hope that maybe people are going, maybe this whole freedom thing's gone a bit too far. Maybe we do need to get some responsibility back. So, you know, there's some thoughts in there that Mm. I agree with you. Um, Well, I think we're on community media, but commercial media at times is, you know, amongst many things is pressured by ratings, points, clickbait, newspaper sales rather than responsibility. Well, aspects of commercial media, let's be fair, there are some good reporters and good outlets But, um, you know, there needs to be better. And some of the things that have been written this week and said have been appalling. But the thing you've also touched on is people such as that person we only are going to mention once Mm. went too far. But, you know, we've seen that when people go too far, eventually people go, that's enough. But if enough people maybe just took that initiative now they wouldn't go so far and create that sort of pain and suffering for others in the first place.
1: Yeah, because even if they apologise, I mean, those comments have gone out there. They've influenced people who read them. You know, they've been the topic of dinner conversations, I'm sure, around the country where yeah. some of those ideologies are being spread into families and into communities, and it's, it's really dangerous stuff.
0: Absolutely, it is. All right, I'm just going to um, very quickly mention a few things that are coming up this week. Um, this afternoon um if for those listening live particularly transmask, the shed is on at um Carlton um for trans man Transmask at Drummond Street um this afternoon polyvic social um by discussion group this Tuesday in at Carlton as well um and of course bent t v on every week on every Friday night, and that gets us through this week. Now, we just wanted to have come back to the original reason we had to end, um and just sort of comment a bit more on the First Nations edition of Archer. Then we'll have to mm. wrap it up and make way for freedom of species very shortly. But, yeah, you just wanted to throw some more thoughts in there.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so just a reminder, again, obviously, um, so supporting us through The Possible. You can yep. also subscribe to Archer online so you can sign up for a year or two. Um, we put out two issues a year. Um, and so at the moment, with the most current issue being the First Nations issue, um, I really, really strongly recommend checking it out. You can get it in bookshops like Readings, um, Hairs and Hyenas, if you're in Melbourne. Yes, um, definitely. So Bridget Coldwell and Maddie Clark, the two uh, guest editors, um, really put together just a stunning collection of contributors, not just art, uh, writers, but artists across a range of mediums. Um, and... The stories really are unique. I'll just say that. So I really recommend, um, sometimes with an issue, I know I can get that way. I've got piles of books and magazines around my house. So I kind of go, you know what, I'll I'll wait and see. Mm. This is one I really recommend snapping up while you can.
0: All right. And about 20 minutes ago, we had our third regular correspondent, Melina, said independent media is challenging in every context, especially for minorities. And that's why Melina does a lot of good work calling out mainstream media um, and did ask and so if you can do a couple of quick thoughts here, what role mainstream media can play. Well, I think we just sort of touched on it in a way, so mm. telepathic there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I did. A question can be, um, how do we attract a younger generation to read magazines when they consume so much online, says Melina. And, mm. um, well, I think you sort of answered that. I think, I, you know, I think young people possibly relate better to young people. So that young people's edition could be a go. Mm-hmm. And then just a couple of minutes ago, Melina um, um, has said, agreed with us, that the mainstream media normalises and contributes to toxicity very well articulated mm. by Your guest, which oh,
1: thanks, Melina.
0: You're you're definitely an articulate communicator in writing and in in voice. Oh, thank you very Uh, much. So, Ros, thank you for coming in once again. Archer Magazine possible is the quickest way to search things out, but we'd better make way for Freedom of Species talking Mm. animal advocacy, which we touched on as well. Yes,
1: we did. We covered it all. Segways everywhere today,
0: (laughs) and. Take it out today with someone who can have a lot of fun with gender But also talk love as well And that's Becky Cole from her 2018 Mm. album Lioness And well, I know she's saying this with fun She has got this song, My Wife's Got Balls
1: Thank you so much, Sally. Thank you for
0: coming in, Roz. Thanks, everyone, and all our regular contributors to Out of the Pan. And if you want to become a um, a regular contributor, start next week. But um, (laughs) seriously, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week.
3: Preacher's middle kid Sometimes I guess They break the morning with her They did She's five foot nothing But ain't she something When she climbs on her high horse Make a grown man shake In his grown man boots Make a wild wind change its course My wife's got balls My wife's got balls they must be somewhere in her own arms She'll stand up to anyone You won't see me, that's when I run Well, She's on dinner you know, while I hide behind the walls My wife's got balls I've seen her toe to toe chin up in the air Her finger in the big chest of some sleazy grizzly bear She's standing up for justice And she stands for what is right She stands while they all sit And they're all still the same height My wife's got balls My wife's got balls be so